What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you and your walk toward becoming the particular saint that God desires for you to be. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. You can also um, share us on your social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and finally, you can hit me up with your own questions, your own comments, and your own critiques from today's show and any show in the past history at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com. On today's show, we're going to be talking about prayer. We're going to be talking about signs from God. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And I have a very special guest in studio today, one of my good friends, one of my brothers in Christ, uh, an intentional disciple of Jesus Christ, who every time I spend time with him, it's always life-giving. You've heard me say in the past that we should always prioritize near cages of grace. And near cages of grace are people, places, and things, activities that can help us grow closer to God. And this man right here is has always been, always been a near occasion of grace for me. My guest today, my special friend I'm inviting to this show is Kevin McCall. Kevin McCall, welcome to the show. Thank you, Father. Good to be here hanging with you. Yeah, so Kevin, the way the show goes is um, we always start off with a glory story, and then after that, we jump into some feedback, and then after that, we're going to get into the questions. And so for today's show, we're just going to focus on two questions, um, focusing on like signs from God and, and who is the Holy Spirit. Uh, but before we get into those questions, I want to ask you your story. Before I ask you your story, though, I want to ask you, what is a glory story that's happened to you? Something good, beautiful, amazing with God that has happened with you in the past week? Well, dinner with you last night at Snow's was a pretty glory story. Gotta say, love some delicious seafood. You got good taste. But okay, food aside, um, Glory Stories has just been some really amazing prayer all week long. And um, specifically, a lady I prayed with who said, you know, I'm really kind of skeptical, skeptical of all this Holy Spirit type stuff. And I said, hey, that's okay. You know, let's just pray. And afterwards, I'm looking at her and she's tearing up. She's like, okay, that was so weird. Wow, that was so spot on. Oh, oh, I've got a lot to think about. It's like, yeah, and it's just because God loves you. It's not about a gift. It's not about, oh, all this perfect knowledge. It's just so you can know how much Jesus loves you and that he sees you and that you can believe and trust. And so it's pretty glorious when you see someone just get a glimpse of like, wow, maybe God does know me. Yeah, man. I remember my first time ever meeting you in North Carolina with uh, with Ann Trufin at Camp Shasatanga. It was so beautiful just how... Uh, the Lord really does. Um, he really does want to communicate to us blessings. And I think so often in life, we, we don't focus on the good. But it seems whenever people pray with you and the Lord blesses people through that time of, of intimacy that they have with you um, in, the, in the Lord, he always seems to communicate a, a, a simple message of, of his delight in them, of the Father's care. Is that your experience? Absolutely. I mean, because that's the whole point of, of like prophetic prayer or prophecy, as we would say. It's like it's to build up, it's to edify, it's to, you know, bring hope, that sort of thing. So prophecy isn't like dial a psychic. You know, prophecy is about speaking the word in the heart of God into someone or about someone. So it's always, um, I remember being taught, I love this line, we'll never forget it. When you pray with someone, it's not about the level of revelation that you have or, or you know, what you say. It's about when you finish, does that person feel like they've been kissed by Jesus? 
Whoa. Amen. Well, that's that's a glory story right there. Song of songs. Kiss me, Jesus. Lord, kiss me. What does it say? The bride kiss me with the kisses of your mouth. Oh, man. Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah. So that's the glory story for today. And before we get into today's topics, I want to share with you some feedback follow up from previous episodes. First one comes in from Sister Carla Maria. She is one of my sisters in the community that I'm a family member of there. They're called the Service of the Pierced Hearts of Jesus and Mary. They are based in Miami, Florida, but they're all over. They're in Peoria. They're in Orlando. They're in Rome. They're all over. Um, And so this is what Sister Carla Maria says. Dear Father Josh, many blessings to you. I heard your podcast for the first time today on the topics of forgiving deep wounds caused by family, praying for souls in purgatory, and tired of praying. I wanted to thank you for mentioning Mother Adela's prayer, Our Lady of the Smile, and encouraging your listeners to Google it. That is a very powerful and healing prayer. Great show, by the way. Thanks for all that you're doing. Know of our continued prayers for you, all for the heart of Jesus through the heart of Mary. Amen. Well, Sister Carla Maria, thank you so much for just allowing me to walk with your your community. Uh, these, these nuns are a special gift to the church. Um, I, I think in every generation, God, uh, he, he, he brings to the surface uh, new saints who are for a specific time and a specific purpose. And I really do believe that Mother Della and her community, the servants of the pure stars of Jesus and Mary, are one of those communities that the Lord has has drawn up like today um, because of the gift that they can offer the world to, to heal the world and to draw us to become intentional disciples of Jesus Christ and our walk toward eternity. Our second follow-up comes in from Todd. Todd says, hello, Father Josh. Hello, it's me. I was wondering if after all, you know what, Todd? Thank you for saying hello because you reminded me of of Adele, uh, and I just I just miss Adele coming out with music. So we're just gonna pray that Adele drops a new album sometime soon. I, I do have this desire to to go to London one day, and I I believe that I'm gonna go to London, and when I'm in London, uh, I'm gonna meet Adele, and we're gonna become friends, and it's gonna be really beautiful. So. Uh, I can't wait for that to happen. But anyways, hello, Father Josh. I was so happy to hear the answer to my question on overwhelming guilt today. I also read y- your book recently. I loved it. Since being baptized and taking the Eucharist, my life has totally changed. I'm so at peace, and I'm continuing to build my relationship with Jesus. Me, my wife, and daughter love our parish and are growing in church daily. This is my glory story. Thanks for all that you do. I'm praying for you, and I ask that you continue to pray for me Todd, Todd, thank you so much. I'm so happy to hear how you and your family are growing, are growing in the context of the church community and your relationship with Jesus. That is such a gift. And I'm also so happy that you're finally receiving the Eucharist. You were created for the Eucharist. Like he is the source of uh, the summit of everything. He's the source of our salvation. Like, so anyways, I'm just so grateful that you are able to not only have a spiritual relationship with Jesus, but you're actually able to take him into your body now. What a huge gift. All right, so that's our our follow-up. Now let's get into today's show. Okay, so before we jump into the the two questions that are presented to us today, the two questions being signs from God and and who's the Holy Spirit, Kevin, I just want to ask you, can you just share with our listeners a little bit of your story? Because I really do believe that before we can ever teach people anything, uh, people need to know us. We need to be in relationship with people. Um, and so I wanted to see if you could just share with the world a little bit about your background, where you're from, how you came into relationship with Christ, and how you came into the Catholic Church, because you weren't always Catholic growing up. That's true. I grew up in western North Carolina, small Appalachian mountain town, and uh, 
grew up Baptist. My mom's water actually broke on the front pew of the Baptist church. So I have been like a church baby from the very beginning um, and always knew that I needed Jesus. And in the Baptist church, you really taught a lot about scripture. So you do memorize scripture and it just like, I, I'm so grateful for that. Like scripture is, is something that we all need and, and that we're going to grow in as we just want to find Jesus. But but in the, the Baptist church, as in many churches, you can sort of predict what's going to happen. You know the format, you know what's going to go on. Yay, we're going to pray, have a nice day, and be good people, which is, is, is a wonderful start. But as I would read the Bible and would hear this, the, this sermon was always, you need to have a relationship with Jesus. You know, the question comes, how do you have a relationship with Jesus? And as I'm reading the Bible, why am I not seeing the things that I'm reading about in the Bible coming to life in front of me? You know, where are the signs and where are the wonders? And, you know, is really, is being a Christian just being a good person? Because I know a lot of good people that aren't Christians. So, so I was in the struggle in my heart knowing that there has to be more. And in my late teenage years, I was invited to a non-denominational church where they were having a, a guest speaker from England. And I thought, well, it's always fun to hear you know, an English accent. You can handle that. So <laughs> going to, to London here with Father Josh so we can hear some accents. But, but anyway, so anyway, though, we're just, I'm going to this, this um, revival service, per se, as they were calling it. And I don't remember a thing that this man said, but I remember him praying. And I know it sounds odd, but it's like people were falling in the floor. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, God, I really want you. If this is from you, I'll take whatever I can get. But if it's not, like, please protect me. You know, I'm like holding my fingers in the sign of the cross, like, you know, stay back, Satan. And and this man comes and he just like barely taps my head. I promise. It's like the, the weight of a, a, a fly landing on your head. It's not one of these, in the name of Jesus, fall in the floor to make me look good. Not that at all. This was just a touch from the spirit where I felt my legs being weak and I just couldn't stand up. And so I fell in the floor, but I was perfectly conscious. I wasn't like knocked out. And all I wanted to do was laugh. And I mean, I was a church boy, so I knew do not laugh in church. I mean, how many of you got, you know, the little pinch, you know, or something from your parent when you're like laughing, cutting up something? Don't laugh. Well, about that time, the person beside me in the floor starts laughing. And soon everyone in the church is in the floor laughing. And I know this sounds like, oh, well, you know, that sounds like hysteria. That can't be God. But you always judge a tree by its fruit. And I was laughing for like probably a half hour or something before I finally like, you know, I've got to go. I've got to go to school tomorrow. And I found myself praying all the way home. Mm -hmm. And the next day I was still praying and I was praying for people I hadn't thought of in years. It was just, just, and Lord, I pray, you know, for my friends and my family. And I'm like even praying for the nurses at the hospital and for their pets. I mean, you know, it's like, it was that stirred inside of me, just what hit me. And that just started me on a journey of meeting with people who had a deep relationship with Holy Spirit. And so I'm just like beginning to grow in relationship and 
get my hands on any resource I could. So I was getting books. I was getting, okay, it's going to tell my age, cassette tapes. I was so stoked to get my little cassette tapes. But any kind of teaching I could get about, you know, who is this third person of the Trinity and what is his function in my life? And and it was so exciting because I had grown up thinking the Holy Spirit was my conscience. It was basically, you know, like in the cartoons where you see the angel on one side and the demon on the other. And, and this was my idea of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's the one that's saying, do right, do right, do right. And it's like, no, he's so much more. And so learning more um, just brought me deeper into prayer and deeper into learning the different gifts of the Spirit and learning about spiritual warfare and that there is a whole nother realm that, that we don't understand. And yes, we fight with regular old fleshly nature things all the time, but we also wrestle with powers and principalities and rulers, you know, seated in in the heavens and and beginning to learn what that is all about was pretty amazing. So so that drew me into meeting people that I would have never met in my one little community, going to conferences and and just an exciting growth experience for sure. And so you're meeting all these people, you're growing in your relationship with Holy Spirit. Um, and and then at some point in, in the season of your life, as you're really growing in your relationship with God and in manifesting the gifts of, of His Spirit, uh, you, you meet, I think it was, did you meet Ann Trufin? Is that part of your story? Can you share with us how you met Ann and what you felt God's call was for you with Ann in, in her life? Okay, so that's fun. So again, I lived in a very small town. And so I was at the gym one day working out with my trainer. And this lady, Ann, jumps on the elliptical beside me. And my trainer, Sue, says, hey, do you two know each other? And we're like, no. And she's like, well, you need to meet each other. You're Jesus people. And so we began to share, you know, different like Holy Spirit stories of of just like fun, amazing things that, that, you know, God had done. And I found out Anne was Catholic, and she was the very first Catholic that I met who actually seemed excited about Jesus and seemed to know him and seemed to believe in biblical principles, because Catholics in my area at that time were very, very minimal. And the few, and I mean very few, like maybe three Catholics that I had met were very secular, and I didn't see anything holy about them. And I'll admit, part of that was my own judgments and prejudice. Never want to put anyone down. We we can't judge people's hearts. But but the exterior um, manifestations didn't really point me to, to believe that they were really excited about Jesus or really living a, a vibrant faith. But here, you know, this little wild lady on the elliptical beside me can like match the Jesus stories and is so excited. And so um, at that time, I was a hair designer And as we got to know one another better, she said, look, Kevin, I have seven kids. I can never get them all to the salon um, on time. If I cook for you, will you come to my kitchen and do haircuts? And I knew enough, uh, even at that time in North Carolina, that people from Louisiana really knew how to cook. So I'm like, bring it on. And so that brought me into um, this community. Anne and her husband, David, run um, summer camps. They have a boys camp and a girls camp. And they are wilderness camps with Christian values. But Anne and David are both strong Catholics. And many people who come to this um, camp are Catholic as well. And so they provide 
Catholic teaching and they provide mass and opportunities for praise and worship. So it was my first time to really be in a place where I was meeting Catholics who were excited about their faith and really wanted to grow in their faith. And so it began, as Father Josh talked about, just like relationships. And in my heart already through prayer, I, I knew that the Catholics believed in Jesus. And so that was the important thing, that there is a common denominator. When you believe that you um, need salvation from your sins through Jesus Christ alone, it's like, I can agree with you. Now, all sorts of other nuances, like, you know, we might not completely agree, but, but it was beautiful just finding people who were like living a vibrant faith from from different angles but but there was the unity that was there that was really great. And so continuing in a journey of prayer and being prompted by God to pray for specific things, I remember one night I was um, out in Joyce Kilmer Forest, and I remember the Lord very specifically saying, pray for the Catholic Church, pray for the Catholic Church. And I began to, to, to pray for the church and study a little bit and realized that over half of the Christians in the world are Catholic. And so if the Catholic Church was really on fire, evangelization would be so easy. I mean, hey, we got half the world. Come on, let's, you know, just finish evangelizing so Jesus can come back and we can all just rest and enjoy God forever, you know, <laughs> like bring it on. And so, so very wild as I'm praying for the church, learning about the church, I'm sneaking into an adoration chapel, don't even know what it is, but it's like, hey, it's cool that Catholics have chapels where you can go and pray anytime, day or night. And I found this prayer card in there and didn't even know what a prayer card was, but it was St. Teresa of Avila. And I remember picking that up and like, oh, this looks cool and dropping it in my backpack. And a month later, as I'm cleaning out my backpack, I, I find this card and I'm like, who is she? And so I Googled, hallelujah for Google, Googled St. Teresa of Avila and what I'm reading about her, she's a lady of prayer and she's written books about prayer. So I'm like, I've got to get a book of prayer. So my very first like real Catholic literary work that I'm reading is Interior Castle, (laughs) which it was so cool for me because I could see how this nun and this old school language from years ago were describing the manifestations of the spirit that charismatics thought just came back in the 70s, you know? And I just want to follow up on that. And that's like the charismatic renewal, like the gifts were happening back then around St. Teresa of Avila's time. And a lot of what she was doing was she was helping to um, guide the people in manifesting a mature expression of the charismatic renewal. Uh, I often talk about that, especially in, in the beginning of the show, I would mention that there's a mature expression and an immature expression. And just like, just so we could just address that really quick, an immature expression of the charismatic renewal looks something like this. Um, you, I was at a conference years ago. I was in seminary and, uh, and at this time, I was on the dean's list in seminary, and I like I was like you know, I mean, I graduated summa, whatever, you know, whatever. So I, I did pretty well intellectually with my formation. However, this guy that was praying with me, he thought I was I was probably not that smart, and so as he prayed, he perceived the word where it was like the Lord saying, like I, I know you're struggling academically and whatever. And instead of saying, hey, hey, Josh, I'm getting a perception in prayer, he said, the Lord told me to tell you that. Even though you're struggling with academics right now, like he still loves you. And I just felt bad for the guy. And I was like, you know, I don't want to hurt his feelings because, you know, other people are manifesting the gifts. And so I was like, thank you so much, brother. And I didn't, I didn't correct him at that time. Uh, but it was any time we speak infallibly, like that's dangerous. Like we are not writing scripture here. Like this, the word of God is infallible. We are not, right? 
And so like just heads up whenever we're praying with people, like let's just try to stay away from um, like statements of this is fact and like this is of God for sure and it cannot be discerned. Um, so that's like the immature expression. And that's a lot of stuff that Teresa of Avila, she was really helping to um, to clean up around her time because a lot of people were receiving gifts, but they weren't being mature in the way that they were manifesting those gifts. Back to you, Kevin. And what was so fun with her, as I'm reading, it's like she's doing her best to not manifest. I mean, that's what's so funny. She's trying to not like what we would call rest in the spirit or, or, you know, like swooning during mass. She's trying so hard to stay concentrated. And so it was very different than like, you know, in the charismatic circles, we're going to chase this, you know, it's the more you fall, the holier you are, you know, kind of thing. So, so as, as father was talking about, just like this mature expression, she's just falling so in love with Jesus. He's doing things to her. And she's like, this is weird. What are you doing? But she's just trying to lean into everything God is giving her and not resisting the spirit. But it was for love of Jesus and not for um, performance and not to attract a crowd. And and I think that was so important and so beautiful to see in in reading the language of this little nun. And and so again, just another connection to the Catholic church and, and I'm praying for the church and, and meeting more Catholics. And then at one point the Lord said, I want you to join the Catholic Church. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You know, it's like, okay, I, I understand, you know, that, that the Catholic Church is, is Christian, that they're, you know, part of the, the, the broad body of Christ. But there's still some things that, that I'm sure are not quite exactly right. I mean, you know, please, God, they've got to understand that the church is built on Jesus Christ, not on the rock of Peter. You know, my, my, my little misconceptions there. But... I, by that time, I'd learned the voice of the Lord well enough to say, but if you're you're telling me to do this, I guess I better get a catechism to see what I'm signing up for. Mm. So I did. Uh, and I told my friend, Anne, I'm like, Anne, do you have a copy of the catechism? And she said, yes. And she gave it to me. But she said, you know, there's a lot to it because Anne is just a very mothering and very like even pastoral and, and, and just so kind. But she's like, here's another book that you might want to read. And it's Peter Kreef's Catholic Christianity. So kind of his like breakdown of the catechism. And I said, thank you very much, and understood that she didn't want me to be overwhelmed. But I thought, you know, the Lord told me to join the church. I want to read the the official documents, because that's a great thing with the Catholic Church. If you want to know what the church actually teaches, instead of everyone's interpretation, you can read it. Okay, I just have to follow up right now. One of my uh, things that's on my heart right now is, I, I think it's really dangerous for for us to not go to the scripture and the catechism and to spend more time with YouTube and blogs and even podcasts, right? Like this podcast might be a gift for you, but like if you're spending more time on my podcast than you are with the word of God, than you are with the catechism of the Catholic church, then that could present a problem down the line, right? So like we really need to like be, be clear that we're not like letting people interpret God's word for us. And, and like, like me, right? Um, I, I'm trying to help you, but I, I, I see a lot of people right now, Catholic people who are really trying hard to, to fulfill the demands of discipleship, but they're saying things on YouTube. These are Catholics, who are on the speaking circuit, right? These are Catholics who are well-known and they're saying things on YouTube and in videos and in blogs and on podcasts that are doing more damage than good, all right? So like, let's keep the eyes focused on on Jesus and on the truth and like go to the source yourself, like and in, in, in stop, stop with all this madness because I think it's causing a lot of unnecessary division and I'm just, I'm speaking from my heart right now as, as a father. Back to you, Kevin. <laughs> 
Hey, that's awesome because that's exactly what I was finding. I could read clearly what the church teaches. And, and yes, I mean, it's it's a document, but it's a document based on scripture and tradition. And what was beautiful for me in reading the catechism is I found how literally the Catholic Church does take scripture because in the Protestant world, it's very thought of, oh, you know, Catholics don't know the Bible and, and the Catholic Church, you know, misinterprets things. But when you read the catechism, the Catholic Church takes scripture in so many ways more literally than, than many Protestant denominations. So it was beautiful just to get the reconciliation of heart that, you know, these some scriptures may be interpreted, interpreted a little differently, but it's still the scripture, and there is a valid interpretation. And so it was beautiful three years to the day that I was praying for revival, renewal, awakening in the Catholic Church. I was received into full communion with the Catholic Church. Oh, praise God. Praise God. So that's awesome, Kevin. Uh, so Kevin's with us today, sharing his story. And uh, coming up next, after we take a quick break, uh, he and I are going to dive into our two questions. One is about um, asking God for signs, and the other one is specifically about Holy Spirit. So stay tuned, and we'll be back together after the break. Wouldn't it be nice to have a Bible that actually explains how to navigate it and make sense of it? A Bible that includes a detailed plan for how to read it with a page layout that's designed for study and personal devotion? Now for the first time ever, there is a Catholic Bible that does just that. A Bible that incorporates the same color-coded learning system that has proven so effective in the Great Adventure Studies. I have had the privilege of working with some of the most talented biblical scholars of our day, Mary Healy, Andrew Swafford, and Peter Williamson, to create the Great Adventure Catholic Bible. This Bible makes the complex simple as it guides you through the narrative woven throughout salvation history. The translation is the Revised Standard Version, Second Catholic Edition, an elegant, accurate, and modern Catholic translation. The Great Adventure Catholic Bible is perfect for your personal devotion and Bible study, or as a gift for friends and family. If you want to understand sacred scripture and be transformed by the Word of God, then this is the Bible for you. Pick up your copy at ascensionpress.com. And we're back. And just a quick reminder, you can send me your questions, comments, critiques at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. You can rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. That helps other people find out about the show. And finally, you can uh, share us on your social media pages. That also helps people find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, potentially it can become a gift for them and their relationship with Jesus Christ and their walk toward eternity. All right, our first question comes in. From Bridget. I love that name, Bridget. It reminds me of St. Bridget, who I have a devotion to. Uh, this is about praying for a sign. Hi, Father Josh. I really love your podcast. Thank you so much for helping me grow my faith. I was raised in a Christian home, but never attended Catholic school. I became Catholic as an adult. I still feel like I have so much to learn. Like, don't we all? I feel the same way, Bridget. Like, there's always more to learn with God and with the bride of Christ. Uh, I just graduated from a medical residency, so I struggle with finding time and constantly working on balance. I was wondering when you pray, is it okay to ask for a sign from God? 
or like say, Lord, show me this sign so I know this is what you're leading me to do. Is it wrong to pray for a sign? I really never have done this before, but I've been so busy. I just said it in a real quick prayer. I met this really cool guy on a plane and felt an instant connection to him. We kept in contact just as friends because we both have been in the Navy. And later I found out that he was raised Catholic. I felt like it was a sign from God that he might be the spouse I've been praying for. I kind of brushed it off and just focused on my life residency saying, God, if it's really you, please let him win this really hard fitness award out of like 45 people. I didn't tell him what I prayed for. And like one day he just texted me a picture of his award. He has a girlfriend now and I'm nervous and I want to tell him how I feel now before he's married or forever hold my peace. I know that he can always say no. I guess I'm just trying to understand, are these signs from God? I honestly am pretty scientific and logical person, so I really don't know what to make of it and to understand better Catholic teaching. Bridget. Kevin, you want to take a stab at that? Well, there's a lot to that. So I want to sort of unpack it little by little. So let's start with the first piece of, is it okay to ask for a sign? And I'm going to just go to scripture. And I love when you look at Isaiah 7, the Lord through Isaiah comes to King Ahaz and he says, ask me for a sign. And Ahaz thinking, oh, that he's so pious. He's like, no, I can't ask for a sign. And Isaiah says, well, okay, then the Lord himself is going to give you a sign. And he begins to prophesy that, that Jesus is going to be born of the, you know, woman, the virgin, and, and God himself is going to give the sign. And, and so with that little passage, you see, God is saying, ask me. And Ahaz is thinking, oh, no, 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 I can't. That's, that's not right. Um, you look at Isaiah 38. And there Isaiah has told Hezekiah, your prayer's been answered, you're going to recover. And Hezekiah's like, well, what sign will God give me? And Isaiah said, watch this. He said, the sun, the shadow of the sun's going to move back 10 paces. It's like there, there's precedence all throughout the Bible. Gideon's one of my favorite. Gideon's constantly asking for signs. Read Judges chapter 6. There's like three different places. He's like, Lord, if this is you, stick around and consume the sacrifice. And he did. Oh, will you put out, um, God, please prove that, that you want me to, to move in battle. I'm going to put out a fleece. He does it twice, and God responds. Look in the New Testament. I love Thomas. You know, Thomas known as Doubting Thomas. But Thomas was the very first disciple that when Jesus was resolutely determined to go to Jerusalem, and everyone's trying to say, don't go, you know, bad things await you there. And Jesus is like, no, I have to go. Thomas is the one who says, well, we might as go with him and die too. You know, Thomas is that close. I'm going to stick with him and we might as well die too. So then you think about afterwards, he's hearing about Jesus appearing and showing up but he was so intimate, so devoted. I really believe that he couldn't stand the thought of being disappointed. He's saying, I have to see for myself, you know, like this is great hearing what you're saying, but I need the sign for myself. I need Jesus. I need the personal connection again. And Jesus showed up and he said, here you go. Put your hands in my hands and put your hand in my side. And I feel the important thing with asking for a sign is that you're asking with a sincere heart. There's a difference between, okay, God, if you're real, prove it. You know, that is so different than like the Bereans when Paul was giving all these teachings and, and they were strange. And it said that the Bereans went home to search the scriptures to see if these things were so. So they weren't going out to try to disprove, oh, this man's a heretic. No, they're like, is what he's saying really valid? 
They're asking. They're searching. Jesus tells us, ask, seek, knock. If, if you wicked people know how to give good gifts, how much more does my Father give to those who ask? And so I think there's definitely, there's a big piece just about the sincerity. And James tells us that oftentimes we don't receive because we're asking with the wrong motives. And I think that's where we can kind of move into maybe some of the other parts of the question, you know, as, as we're asking for signs, what are the motives? Are we wanting to really walk according to the ways of the Lord and grow in virtue and in fruit? Or are we just looking for a fortune teller to, 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 to give us a sign? But it's fun that when we're asking with a sincere heart, God will respond. And sometimes it's hard to recognize the sign. And and I would, would like to say a caution of, of asking for a sign. If you're thinking like, okay, Lord, am I supposed to date this person? Um, if it, this is from you, may I see someone with a Louisiana license plate? I mean, hello. You know, you're kind of setting yourself up. It's like, so it's important when you're asking for signs to, to ask for an appropriate sign, I think, as well. Yeah, and I just would follow up and just say, as far as was it a sign from God for you? I don't know. There's just some things that we just don't know. I, I don't know if that was a direct sign from God for you about this guy or not. Um, so, final question is about Holy Spirit. This comes in from Catherine, another name that I love, St. Catherine of Siena, Reformed the Church. Uh, Catherine writes this, How do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? He seems like an idea, not a person. I've been told to have faith and to ask him to come, but I'm sort of weary of doing that anymore because when I put my faith or expectation in God to show up to the other side of my prayer, I get let down. If I keep doing that, I'm scared I will lose my faith altogether. Catherine. That's so awesome. Like, I love just the authenticity of the question. And how do you grow in relationship with Holy Spirit? I I think, again, it's important to know that Holy Spirit's more than just your concept, uh, conscience, and that Holy Spirit is not a bird. <laughs> you know, we can just kind of laugh. Wait, wait, I, I thought the scripture said Holy Spirit was a white dove. He came down like a dove. There it is, like a dove. <laughs> and again, what is that dove a symbol of? The dove is a symbol of peace, but also of, of like... Um, straight focus. You know, you have the, the dove eyes that you're looking straight ahead, not in the periphery. So so that's important. But how do you develop a relationship with Holy Spirit? The same way that you develop a relationship with Jesus or with God the Father. And it's through prayer and through the sacraments and through the gift of faith and through study and intellect and, and practice. And I, I just want to point out too, so oftentimes in in our culture today, we hear, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. And that is a noble prayer. It's an okay prayer, but recognize he already has come. He was poured out on the day of Pentecost and he didn't leave. And he comes in many ways. And so as we're praying, come Holy Spirit, we're just asking for our increased awareness and whatever Holy Spirit wants to do in that moment. But realize by your confirmation and your baptism, you've received Holy Spirit already, and that there's always just a more activation and a greater awareness. Like on the day of Pentecost, you read about that in Acts chapter 2, where the Spirit is initially poured out. But in Acts chapter 4, these same disciples that were already filled are asking for boldness 
And it says, again, the room shook and again, the spirit was poured out. So there's always more. It's like in a spring, the water keeps coming up. And Jesus even referred to the spirit as living water. And so this this well that would gush up within. And so there's always a, a greater pouring and a stirring. So I would say definitely prayer is, is like your first way and, and belief. And, and again, like for me, it was finding someone who was a little further along in the walk than I was. Who are those mentors? Who are the people that are, are, are manifesting, as, as Father Josh was saying, a mature expression where you just look at them? There's something different about this person. And it doesn't mean that they're loud or, or, and showy, that sort of thing. It's like some of the people who are, who are just endowed with the Holy Spirit are very calm, demeanored people. So, so Holy Spirit is not a particular expression, but He is the love of God, the power of God the wisdom of God. And if you really want to get to know Holy Spirit, um, just read John 14, 15, and 16. It's like, that's where you get his job description, the comforter, you know, peace giver, leader into all truth. And and I just love, I have to read this um, little passage that's so good. John 16, 15. Um, this is Jesus saying, all that my father has is mine. That is why I said that the Spirit will take what I give him and tell it to you. The Spirit's going to take the everything Jesus has from the Father and give it to you. So seek out those wise people. Seek out resources. Seek out Holy Scripture and or seek out Holy Spirit through Scripture, through prayer, and and just trust. Say, God, ask for that sign. <laughs> Yeah, and as we abide in God, right, we begin to imitate the one that abides, that dwells with us, right? And so uh, a lot of times we focus on, like, the person, Jesus, in the Scripture and, and imitating him um, who abides with us, but also to to imitate the fruits of the Spirit of God. Like in, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came down upon the apostles, notice, what's the first thing that the apostles did whenever they received the Holy Spirit? They went out. They went out of their holy huddle and they went to people who were different from them. So go and, and imitate that in your walk toward eternity and go out and encounter people who are different from you, people who speak a different language than you, just like the apostles did, and listen to them so that you can share the joy of the gospel that you have received in your faith life and your walk toward eternity and your relationship with Jesus. Go out. Get out and encounter people who are different because that's what happens whenever the Holy Spirit is abiding in us. Like Just like the apostles, we break free of our comfort zone. We get real uncomfortable for the sake of salvation of souls. We were created for heaven, and so our whole purpose should be about helping other people um, accompany us and, and walk with us toward that, that end goal. It's like the girl who was our waitress yesterday, um, Cassidy? No, Cam. Cameron. 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 She said, uh, she said habit number two. Begin with the end in mind, right? Begin the relationship with God with the end in mind. The end is heaven, right? So anyways, it's been a wild ride with Kevin Kevin today, and there's just so much more that we could talk about, but we're running out of time. And so uh, let's just go ahead and agree that 
We're going to see each other next week, people. Um, I'm going to walk with you next week with some more questions. I have a few more beautiful guests coming on the show uh, that are also going to share their, their gifts and talents with us. And we're going to keep trying to be saints together. But before we do that, I just want to remind you, hit me up with your questions, comments, and critiques at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com so that we can continue to help each other become saints. And Kevin, do you want to close us in prayer today? to. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for this time. God, thank you for all of those who are listening. And Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ for a fresh release and stirring of your Holy Spirit to this audience, Lord, that you will give those signs and wonders that that make uh, people just fall in love with you. Lord, that you are the answer to every question. And may we learn how to interpret those answers well as we continue to to walk this journey together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace.